Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey everyone, this edition of the Patriots Report is brought to you by Bet Online. The only people that don't get time off this time of year are pro athletes and us at Bet Online. With NFL Bowl season in NBA in full swing over the holidays, Bet Online isn't taking a second off to make sure you have all the up to the second odds, news, and information. Bet Online has all the sports wagering info available you need with both desktop and mobile access. Head there today to get into the action. Remember to use promo code BLEAV, that's B L E A V to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Today on the Patriots Report, my co-host Chris Hogan and I take a look at some of the things that have sparked the offensive turnaround, how Mac Jones is different from Bailey Zappi, and some of the unique challenges of playing in Buffalo. We also take a look at the Hall of Fame candidacy of former Patriots legend Vince Wilfork. That's all up right now, only in the Patriots Report. All right, Chris, Patriots now coming off the 26-23 Christmas Eve win in Denver. Their second win in three weeks. Still haven't really been able to put together 60 minutes of offense, but it was still good enough to beat the Broncos. And in the end, really, for me, it was your philosophy, go screw up someone's season, that I kept thinking about, especially over the last few days. Now we've heard that Russell Wilson is basically out in Denver. Yeah, I mean, listen, they, they messed someone's season up. Right. Big time. I mean, I think I saw on, on uh, social media there, you know, their playoff percentages were roughly about 50 percent. And and after uh, the Christmas Eve night, they were uh, below 5 percent. So, I mean, they certainly did that. I mean, I think I mean, you said it, you know, it's not a complete game. Um, there's still mistakes being made and it's not total all three phases put together. But it was enough to go on the road to beat a, you know, arguably a, you know, a very good defend the Denver Broncos team that was playing well in the second half of their season. And it just, yeah, you know, it was fun, man. You get to see these guys, you know, go out there and, and uh, you know, to see Zappy all excited on the sideline, watching, a, you know, watching a game winning field goal kick on the road in Denver at night to win a football game. I mean, come on. I mean, you couldn't have asked for a better Christmas present than that. And uh, so, I, honestly, I, I'm just – I'm happy for the guys. I'm proud of them. You know, it's it's something that I know, you know, especially about this time of year, you know, I know how much this team and, and those guys dedicate and, – and this is across the league for the players. You know, they put so much time and effort into their communities and giving back and, and doing all these sorts of things. And – um, I know personally a lot of the guys on that team that do things in their community and have been, you know, they they get the notoriety for it. You know, people are out there, they see it. Um, uh, so for them to go on the road and get a win, you know, I was it was it was a nice Christmas present for for all of New England, I think. I, I was trying to tell people that even if the Broncos go 0 in 17, winning in Denver is difficult it's really 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 hard it's not just you're not just dealing with the atmosphere in the altitude it is a loud stadium it is one of the loudest stadiums in the league i don't know whether it was the way it was constructed the fan base whatever the case may be winning in denver is difficult and for a team like the patriots to be able to go into denver keep their focus and win on the road i think that's a nice victory for them 
hundred percent. I mean, I think any victory on the road, but mm-hmm. certainly to go out to Denver playing at night. I mean, you haven't really played in that cold of weather yet, and it was cold. Not to mention, you know, the altitude and all those other factors that go into it. So yeah, I mean, playing on a big stage. You know, we haven't had many primetime games this year, and to go out there and win a game in that in that way. I mean, that's it's a, a fantastic win. A few stats for you. A few stats for you. First of all, you talk about playing in primetime. They're two and one in primetime. Patriots are two and one this year. Uh, The only loss they had was Miami earlier in the year. And if Cole Strange converts that lateral, hey, who knows what happens? Uh, The second thing is, if they win out, they will be 500 in the AFC, which still blows my mind. They'll be six and six. They'll be, of course, they'll be, you know, 0 and five. I think it is, or something like that in, in the, in, in the NFC. Right. Um, and then the, the other thing is that they, they, again, three of five down the stretch, you can make a case and you can say, all right, you know, it's not ideal. It's not perfect. But given where we were in mid October, that saints game, that Cowboys game, yeah. that's a decent way to end the season. Yeah. I mean, listen, uh, we, we talked about it last couple of weeks. You know, we're trying to end on a positive note. You know, we're trying to give the uh, organization, Mr. Kraft, Bill, something positive to kind of reflect on, you know, after everything that has gone wrong this 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 entire season. So to go out, to have, you know, to, to win a few games, to put something positive together on the field is – is great. I mean, I think it's listen, no one's gonna be happy at the end of the season because we didn't really we didn't do it. We were not a good football team. We didn't play f- good football all year round. But hey, let's let's build off of some of these positive things that we did, kind of see where we need to go the, the direction of this football team. Where do we need to go with it? Who do we need? Like what position groups do we need to bring in? Like what so let's start evaluating this, which I'm sure they already are. You know, the, I mean, that's what they pay a lot of other scouts and all those people to do throughout the course of the year. And, you know, let's take all the positives that we have, the guys that we want to keep, and let's let's move on. You know, but listen, we still got two games left in this year, and these guys are not giving up. Mm-hmm. And we see that. Listen, there are there is every reason on, underneath the sun for them just to roll it out there Hey, Buffalo, here you go, man. I know you guys need to win out to, to make the playoffs pretty much. So we're just going to give it to you. You know, like we're just going to we're going to run the ball. You know, we're not really going to try to win. No, F that. We're not doing that. They know that. I'm telling you right now, the Buffalo Bills are not taking this game lightly. I don't think they're taking anything lightly. But after you see New, a New England team play good football, go into Denver and everyone – the, across the league, they know how hard it is. We just talked about it, how hard it is to win in Denver. Their Buffalo Bills are – this is a big, big game for them. And I know that Bill is going to get these guys prepped. And, you know, listen, we get to pay, play them a lot. You know, we play them, see them twice a year. So you can bet your ass this is going to be a good football game. Uh, by the way, I wanted to kind of clarify a stat there. If they win out, they are 6-6 six and six it, uh, against the AFC this year. And then they're 0-5 against everyone else basically yeah. the nfc so six and six again it's not ideal but again given yeah. what we were talking about in mid-october early november i'd say that's certainly something to shoot it's for better. i want to ask you some <laughs> <laughs> i want to ask you off of that 
off of that number, off of that stat, some the a different variation on the what is Bill Belichick's future question that we seem to talk about every single week. Is five yeah. and twelve enough? Is three wins in the last five games? Can he walk into Robert's office on January eighth and say, "Look, we fought down the stretch. There is some good stuff here. Let's build on it going into twenty twenty four or do you think Robert says it's not enough? I mean, I've been think I've been really have been thinking about this a little bit. I, I just I don't see a world where Bill Belichick is not the head coach of this football team. And I don't see another way. I think Bill has to leave on his own terms. I just I think there's just there's too much history. There's too much of a relationship between Mr. Kraft and Bill and the organization and everything that he's done. I don't see how you can how you could like Listen, if you if you get rid of Bill, I mean, who are we first of all, who are we bringing in, right? Who's going to be the head coach? And then that head coach, I mean, listen, we're talking about Brady-esque shoes to fill, right? Now, like you're the the expectation level for that head coaching position is like 10x of any other head coaching position that's open in the NFL. And whoever's going to take that has to know that. And it's just, I don't see how they're going to be able to, no one can fill those shoes unless, you know, we're going to bring in someone internally. Mm-hmm. But again, I just, I don't, I think Bill has done enough. He hasn't had a good football team. He hasn't had, he doesn't have a quarterback. He doesn't have the players around him. Bring in some guys, give them next year. Let's get a quarterback. If we're either going to do that in the draft or we're going to do it in free agency. And then let's bring in some good free agents. Let's get some draft picks. You know, let's, Let's build a team centered around something and then let's see what happens next year. Because I guarantee you, if you put some some playmakers on offense, you you know, maybe you're amping up the interior, you know, into the interior line or or whatever that is. I can't say that we really need to change the defense that much because they've been playing well. But hey, like I'm not gonna say no to adding like a linebacker or, or someone that can rush the passer, right? Like that's always a game-changing uh, player on, on the field. So let's do that. And then say, hey, listen, Bill, let's we're going to build this team this year. But like if it doesn't go the way that we want it to go, like I think this – I think you need to be the guy. Like you need to be the guy that steps down. Like, hey, this is my last year. You know, I'm riding off into the sunset and, you know, I, you know I'm taking a, a step down from head coaching position. I'm still going to be a part of the organization, yada, yada, yada. Great. You know, and we hire, you know, I'll be part, part of the hiring process and all of that sort of thing. So I just I feel like that's a better route for Mr. Kraft to take as opposed to because then, listen, you get rid of Bill, you're putting it all on your shoulders because now it's no one's. Yeah, sure. We're going to hire a head coach and yeah, they're going to say. Like either it goes well or it doesn't. If it doesn't, guess who they're looking at? They're looking I, at Mr. I, Kraft. I think also to that point, I don't know if Robert Kraft wants to be remembered as the guy who let Tom Brady walk. Although, you know, we can argue as to whose fault it was. Right. But he doesn't want to be the guy who is perceived to be the one who let Tom Brady walk and then fired Bill Belichick. Yeah, I, yeah, I, absolutely not. I mean, listen, that's your... The, the legacy of, of what you've built will be so heavily dependent on Tom walked and then you let Bill walk. And, you know, now the, the, the fate of the organization is really in someone else's hands and we don't really know where it's going to go. Right. I mean, 
we're kind of we're living in a different era now where it's just we're not going to playoffs every single year and we're not going to AFC championships. So like we need to kind of go back to the drawing board a little bit of how we're rebuilding this team and, and what's our focus, what type of team, what type of team are we going to be and what type of players are we bringing in? So I think there's a lot to consider, you know, in the last couple of games, I think there's a lot to consider before anyone makes any crazy decisions about who the head coach is going to be. I think if Bill wants to remain the head coach, I think he's earned that. I think that he deserves it. I think that they just need to build a better team and they need to focus on that throughout the entire offseason. All right, I want you to rank these in honor of most likely to least likely, in your okay. opinion. Bailey Zappi is traded in the offseason. Mac Jones is traded in the offseason. Or Bill Belichick is traded in the offseason. Most likely to least likely. Least likely, Bill's traded. Then when he goes Zappi, I think most likely to get rid of Mac Jones. Okay. I think... I, I guess getting rid of, I, I kind of threw that out there a little too loosely. I think you trade. I think maybe Mac needs a fresh start, right? And, and Mac is not, he's not the player that he was, you know, last season to this season. Um, and to be honest with you, for him, I think a fresh start might be some like, might be the best thing that for his career. Mm-hmm. Um but, you know, that's just me. I mean, he might feel differently. He might want to stay in New England. But, again, that's not entirely up to him. If someone come, if they can, you know, make a good trade for him, whether it's draft picks or even for, you know, certain players or, or whatever that is, you know, who knows? I mean, I think you have to put everything on the table other than trading Bill. <laughs> what are you going to – I don't even know what a type – I don't even know what that would look like, you know? <laughs> it's like – but, again, I don't – I don't know if anyone would want to trade for Bill Belichick. Like, knowing, seeing how things went. I mean, listen, the guy's got – he has the resume, right? And we know how good of a head coach he is. Everyone knows that. And I love how people have gone and spoken very outright about how well he prepares and how much – you know, Jabril Peppers comes to mind. It's like, that. listen, I've learned so much from Bill this year over in more than him than my entire career. And that speaks – volumes because that dude is a good football player and for him to say something like that you know that he's doing something right and i've i've said this a million times you know bill taught me more about football him and tom taught me more about football than i could have ever hoped to imagine you know learn you know throughout my career um but yeah i i I don't see a world i think uh i think zappy's done enough to earn you know a, a spot to compete in in training camp um, I think Mac Jones's fate kind of just, you know, I think it re- it really relies on what that trade would look like. You know, it's got to make sense for New England. Mm-hmm. If they get a fit for him around the drafts, maybe a yeah. four, depending yeah. on, you know, if, if, if Bill does, it, depending on the trade partner and the way the quarterback market shakes out, maybe he has a shot at a fourth, I think. Um, but it is, it's, it's going to be interesting. I still think that they're going to follow the path that they set up kind of in 2014 when Jimmy came in, where it's, yeah. you, you, you draft someone in not a second, but you, you use a high draft pick on a quarterback, a top 50 draft pick on a quarterback, and then you create that quarterback competition. And Bill, yeah. as you know, in training camp, well, loves competition. that competition, <laughs> loves the idea of one guy pushing another yeah. and seeing how it all kind of comes together. So I, I do agree with you. I don't know. 
I think you might be able to get more for Bailey Zappi right now. And I think Probably. that might be an interesting conversation, although I yeah. don't think that that's the ultimate end game. I do think Zappi comes back and I think they look into trading Mac. I, I, I'm fascinated speaking of Zappi from your, from your viewpoint, what are they doing on offense now that's allowing them and him to have success that maybe they weren't doing earlier this year? Was it as simple as a change at quarterback or was it something else? Um, I, I think they're just, I don't think they've changed a lot. Um, I, I, what I see in Zappy is he's not, listen, he's not afraid to step up in the pocket. Um, you know, he's, he's shown it over the last couple of weeks that he's, he has the ability of just not escaping the pocket right away when things collapse. He's stepped up, he's making some throws, he's keeping his eyes down the field if he does escape. Um, I think they have guys that are out there right now that are healthy. Um, you know, Pop is you know coming back has been huge. You know, I, I mean, I love that kid, man. I think he's gonna be a good football player. Tight ends are playing better. I mean, Zeke's running the ball well. I think, you know, it, he gave them a little bit of life, probably with just kind of. I'm not gonna say dumbing dumbing down the offense, but doing the things that he is good at, right? And New England is is notorious for uh, you know let's. Do I want whatever you're good at? We are going to just do that, right? But we can change it around. We can do different, um, use different personnel. We can do different formations, but we're going to specialize in these plays. And I think that's really what they've done. And I think he's able to get out there, get into a rhythm. They've been able to do that. We're not, you know, turning the ball over, you know, a ton we're doing it less than we were earlier in the season and he's he's making the throws you know he's being he's confident man you can just tell he's he's stepping up and he's making these throws and some of them are not easy throws i mean the one that he made the pop and and even in the end zone you know that's you know uh the Gusecki, like that's those are tough throws to make you know and he's making them so i think he's he's shown i think he keeps he's getting better every single week that he gets more reps in game. And that's what I've noticed. I think he's, he is progressing as a quarterback. He hasn't had a lot of game reps over the course of his career. Right. I mean, these are like some the most game reps he's ever had. Mm -hmm. And I think he's now, you can just tell that he's becoming more and more comfortable under center in the shotgun, you know, calling plays, doing all of that sort of thing, commanding the offense. And clearly he has the respect of that offense because He's going out there and making plays. So I go out there for him. <laughs> you know, make, I think that's what these guys are at, man. It's like, listen, what do we have to lose? I think that's how, that's how he's playing. What does he have to lose? He's going to go back to be a backup? Who gives a shit? Like, you, dude, you go out here and you win the last, you know, the next two games, you win. You know, we're going, what would that be? He's won two games now? Yeah. And well, well they so, would win three of their last five if, if they three win. Three of the last five? Like, yeah. Bro, that's that's game. That's that's life changing for you right there. Or four of six, I guess. Yeah, four of six. Yeah, that's life changing. Some of my blue. Hey, man, I, I see a lot in Zappy. Right, give him a contract. You know, let him come compete for the backup job or the start. You know, who knows? You know, you know this league is so funny with quarterbacks. You just never know. And you know, he's going out there and making the best of of all of his opportunities. So super happy for the kid, man. And New England is rallying behind him and and. They're just they're they're playing together. 
you know, for as best as they can, as crappy as the season this has been, there hasn't been a quit. And I think as as a former New England Patriot, that is the thing that I am most proud of. The offensive philosophy point that you bring up, that I've always gone back to the idea that they're good at minimizing the weaknesses and maximizing the strengths. Yeah. And leaning on and knowing exactly what a guy can do and doing their best or at least trying to do their best in terms of putting that guy in situations where he can succeed. And I I think that they've been really good at that. Yeah. I I think that's when I first got there, that was always how they were, how they coached us. And we, we, the, the amount of time that we spent on practicing and doing different things, but when it came down to game plan and it came down to being in different situations, no one was going to ask. Well, I mean, no one, I, we were asked to crack back on DNs, but like all that kind of stuff. But like, no one's going to ask me to do something that I'm uncomfortable with. You know, let's, what is Chris good at? What is Julian good at? What is Tom? What is Danny? You know, what is Pop Douglas good at? Right. What is Gusecki good at? What is Zeke good at? And let, we're going to do all of those things. What is he not good at? Great. Let's put someone else in that can do that. And he can do it very, very well. Right. And that's how they ran their offense. They put guys in position for success. Right. That's how this offense was built. And I think that's why they talk about system offense and a system quarterback. It's not, it's not, has nothing to do with the system, bro. They're just, they're putting people in position for success. They're not asking people to do things that they can't do well. Right. And Julian was, had a very specific skill set that he was very, very good at. Right. And he was able to do a variety of different things, but they also never asked him to really go on all the way outside the numbers and run go balls, mm-hmm. right? That was not his specialty. Specialized inside the numbers. And he did it very, very well for, you know, 13 years, right? And that's kind of how this offense is built. And they're going to continue to do that. I think they just need more guys that specialize in other areas. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it feels like we're just, we're, we were, we have the guys that we're able to put in specific positions, but not enough to to specialize everywhere on the field. Last question for me about Zappy this week. He seems to have some sort of confidence gene that's just missing in Mac. And I don't know you. You you talked about playing with the you know the idea of playing with nothing to lose or playing nothing to lose. And I, I wonder if part of it is that. I wonder if part of it is his own collegiate upbringing because he played in an air raid offense. He talked a little bit about that yesterday on Wednesday. Just where he came from, that underdog mentality. I'm just fascinated as to where that level of confidence comes from because for me, it's confidence that's bordering on cockiness. But you want some of that from your quarterback, don't you? 100%. Confident, not cocky, right? I mean, but like your your quarterback, I listen, it's a mindset, right? Um, I played my entire career with a chip on my shoulder. And you can always tell those guys that play with that chip on your shoulder, right? They just, they, they approach the game differently. Their, their mentality is different. Their personality on game day is just, different you know there's just they have that that aura about them where it's just like i am the best on the field right now and zappy seems to he kind of has that swag about it, right and even if it's misguided sometimes i i get yeah, that i mean but like this, throws that right he probably now, shouldn't try you know yeah. but it's still there's something there 
that you don't necessarily see with Mac. That's not to say the Mac's not confident, yeah. but it's just a different way of going about their business. It is, it is, um, it is rare to find that in the world today with someone that is overly confident in themselves. And I, you know, I support that in him that he believes so strongly in himself because that I'm not sure how psychologically healthy he knows that really is for in his given position and the world that he lives in in professional football. Self-doubt is 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 a is a career killer. Right? If you don't believe in yourself, that's going to affect everything that you do on the field, off the field, in the classroom. Like there is just there is no cure for self-doubt other than believing in yourself and going back to the basics and doing all these different things. I'm not saying, you know, it's like this during a season, right? You're going to go through ebb and flows. But the the fact that he carries himself that way, I think um, I, I really think that it's it's a product of his the opportunity that's in front of him where there is no expectation, mm-hmm. right? It's not, hey, you're not coming in here to go get us to the playoffs. You're not coming in here to take over for Tom Brady or for Mac Jones. Like, we don't have that expectation. Our expectation is you go out there and play good football and try to win some games. And I think he's pretty much just saying, okay, cool. Like, training wheels are off. I'm just going to go out there and play and have fun, right? I think that that we say cockiness, but I think he's just having fun. I think he's just enjoying being the being a starter and getting that time to play play football and you know and it's uh it's showing on the field. I mean the guy's going out there and he's he's balling, you know, and and who knows what's what's gonna come of this over the you know last couple of games. And I mean he could go and you know actually I'm not gonna put that on the table. I hope he goes you know the last two games and he just ruins someone else's season, mm-hmm. you know, next week. So I wish that kid nothing but the best. I think he's just having fun, man. And he has, you know, the, his future is so up in the air, you know, and I think he's approaching it like this could be his last time playing football. And I think that's kind of the right way to go about this. Never take it for granted. And just the idea of, you know, you don't know what 2024 is going to hold, but you just want to put good stuff on tape. You want to be consistent. And if, whatever happens happens he's gonna you know if there's a coaching change if he's traded just be consistent and just be the same guy and just put good stuff out there because as we've said before 31 other teams are watching want to talk to you this week new new year's eve against the bills highmark stadium you really made your name professionally in upstate new york at the start of your career we've talked about your time with the bills before but i'm curious as to what the biggest surprise for you was when it came to playing in Buffalo. The, the weather inconsistency. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it could be uh no, but seriously, that's a, it's a that's a big thing. I mean, it's gonna be taught I guarantee Bill's open it up with, hey, listen, this is what the weather's gonna be like. That place is a wind tunnel. You know, it might be it's gonna be you know, 50 degrees the day before and next, the next day it's going to be 20 degrees and, and 40 mile per hour winds. And it's just, it's so unpredictable, um, you know, and going, I mean, that place is going to be electric, right? We're talking, it's a holiday weekend. These guys are, they're coming off back to back to back wins. I, I'm pretty sure that's they're that's rolling. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. They're rolling. Yeah. I mean, they're, listen, they're playing good football. They obviously they're, they're, their future 
is written, right? They need to win, right? And they win the last couple of games for, to really get themselves into the playoffs. So, you know, we're not talking about all the different scenarios that could potentially happen that could get them there anyways. But in their minds, they need to win every single one of these games. The fans know that. The organization knows that. The players know that. So this game, I mean, this is going to have some – for Buffalo, it's going to have playoff vibes. Mm-hmm. I guarantee it's going to have playoff vibes. So so you're going to expect those Mafia to be out there at full effect. And New England is just going to have to be ready. Like you said, I mean, you talked about Denver being loud. Buffalo is going to be just as loud, you know, and that's going to be – it's going to be a tough, tough atmosphere to play in. And when those, when that stand, when that, when those fans, that stadium gets going, it's loud, man. So like, you know, I guarantee you that stereo is going to be cranked up for the offense this week. There's going to be a lot of hand signals, which is, you know, stuff that they practice, but communication is going to be huge for New England this week, especially on offense, on defense. Obviously, you know, they haven't, they got to do what they have to do, but when we're on offense, that it's going to be loud. So I wouldn't be surprised if you see a little bit of no huddle this weekend, you know, this weekend, you know, kind of if we, especially if we get things rolling mm-hmm. and, you know, you can get Zappy into a little bit of rhythm. Yeah. Let's go no huddle. Let's get into some, some different formation that personnel that he's comfortable with. Keep Buffalo on their toes. I mean, you know, again, what do we have to lose here? Right. You know, let's keep, keep them from, from substitution. Let's keep them on their toes, whether how they're, I don't know how they're going to match up with, you know, different guys. So, Let's not let them do that. Let's just kind of, and let's just roll, man. I keep doing what we're doing. When they play music at practice to simulate yeah. crowd noise, who gets to choose the music? Whose playlist is it? <laughs> Whose iPod is plugged in? And, uh, and gets to I feel like it's. Uh, I, I feel like Bears usually controls that, so it's it's whatever the vibe of the week is. Sometimes you know, sometimes you get a little Bon Jovi. Sometimes you, I mean you get a wide variety of music and then other times you just get the classic stadium white noise just screaming in your face but then they'll, they'll, they like to mix it up a little bit you know they they can have a little bit of fun with it can it be fun to have music at practice lighten it up yeah. a little bit I, I know you're trying to simulate crowd noise and i know you're trying to get into that mindset but also playing with music it must be kind of cool at some point listen i mean i think there's there's a time and a place for it. But I also think that music is a motivator. I mean, everyone listens to music when they're in the gym. We listen to music, you know, when you're working out, when we when you're practicing or if we're doing warm-up drills or, you know, just in the beginning of practice or even, you know, during maybe like a, on, a, on a Friday, we're playing music as opposed to, you know, the, the, the white stadium noise that's just screaming. I think it's it, listen. It's good for guys, right? I mean, I think they have, especially right now, and, and we're almost in January. You know, it's been a long season for the for every single person in the NFL. You get a little more juice into your practices. I'm all for it. I don't think it needs to be done every single day because I think there's a time and a place for it. And and you know, probably Wednesday, Thursday needs to be more focused around. Listen, you got to put in the work, but you know, you fast Friday and you're in there, in out, off on the field, off the field. You know, play whatever type of music your uh, head coach or your captains are feeling. Get a little extra juice in there. Uh, I think that's a good thing. Last question for me. Two notable expatriates made the list of semifinalists for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Rodney Harrison made the cut. He's yep. now a finalist. 
but Vince Wilfork did not. You never played with Vince. I think you missed him by one year yeah. in New England, but you did play against him when you were in Buffalo. Make a case for Vince as a member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Uh, I mean, he was a. Uh, I mean, I played against him a number of different times, notably when he was playing for Houston. And I believe he was in when I was in New England. We played against him when he was in Houston too. Um, uh, I could, I can speak about how Coach Belichick speaks about him and how unbelievable of a player he was, and what it took to game plan around one specific large individual on defense that can really screw up an entire game plan if you're not if you're not blocking him correctly and i think for vince i i don't see uh, again like we talk about a world where bill belichick doesn't belong in, in patriots colors like i don't see a world where that guy doesn't belong in the pro football hall of fame you know he did it for so many years and did it so well and was one of arguably one of the best defensive tackles to ever play the game and he was just had the ability of taking over a football game if you were not, if your game plan was not centered around that guy, right? And I think we look at all the guys that are nominated into the Hall of Fame. I think you look at defensive positions specifically, you know, maybe not corners because they they come with all the stats and you know and, and everything, but look at like defensive tackles, right? You're the guys that are getting in, you know, those are the guys that. They're number one. They're the number one guy, you know, on your personnel list. Where it's like, okay, who, who do we have to take care of so that we can actually win a football game? Vince Wilfork's at the top of that list every single time you play against him. So I can guarantee you that. So um, I, I would, I would hope that he inevitably ends up in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. No, I, I'm a huge fan. I'm a huge. I'm a Vince apologist. I'm a Rodney apologist. Those two guys yeah. were absolutely seismic they were transcendent when they needed to be they won big games they were huge parts of the new england program for huge. a long long time you know figuratively and literally and yeah. they both deserve a spot i think to your point you know defensive tackles it's tough for them the yeah. defensive tackles that don't put they up they don't the, get the they don't the have all numbers. the stats yeah right? yeah the, but the, the space eaters the nose tackles but come on man you can't mention defensive tackles without thinking about Vince Wilfork, right? I mean, that's just one of those, one of those names that, I mean, how long has he been retired for, you know? And I think he's just one of those guys that everyone's always going to remember. And he's just, you know, he's, he's got, he's got a very, very big personality too, man. I mean, I, I used to love watching him on hard knocks and all that kind of stuff, man. This dude was funny. He had, I mean, he had fun. He's just gigantic human being that, you know, you would never think that he was, uh, you know, a professional football player, but then he puts on pads and he's a freaking animal on the field. And he was able to do it like for an entire game, which is like mind boggling to me, you know, where I'm, you know, 200 pounds less than him and I still need a break, you know, and, and this guy was able to do it for so long and, and did it at such a high level. You know, I, he'll get, he has to get into the football thing. I don't think that, I don't think they he will not be denied that. Chris Hogan, thank you so much for your time, my friend. Take care, and we will talk again next week. The first podcast of 2024 next week. Yeah. The first Patriots report of 2024 next week. Take care, man. We'll talk soon. See you, Chris. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. One more reminder. This episode of the Patriots Report has been brought to you by Bet Online. The only people that don't get time off this time of year are pro athletes and us at Bet Online. 
With NFL bowl season and NBA in full swing over the holidays, BetOnline isn't taking a second off to make sure you have all the up-to-the-second odds, news, and info. BetOnline has all the sports wagering info available you need with both desktop and mobile access. Head there today to get into the action. Remember to use promo code BLEAV, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.